0: With you, but you know, the most important name, the name that's above every name is that name of Jesus. And we're just gonna exalt and praise and worship Jesus here this morning. Amen. Come on, how many of y'all just love to worship the Lord? You know, we worship the Lord in, in many ways. We worship him in song, we worship him through our prayers, our devotions, we worship him in giving, we worship him in in receiving the word of the Lord, listening to the word of the Lord. We can worship him by clapping our hands. You know, it's a biblical method of, of worshiping the Lord. It's uh, we can worship the Lord by by shouting, by jumping, by, by running around the room. You know, I mean maybe that's not the most popular method nowadays, but I remember a day when when the Holy Ghost would come upon someone and they would, man, they would just run around. Y'all remember that? I mean, maybe that may happen here, I don't know, but uh, I don't I don't really know what y'all do, but I know that this one true thing is that that the Lord would just have us to worship Him with our everything here this morning, amen? So we're just going to go to the Lord in a word of prayer and uh, just dedicate our time to Him. So could we just, if you just extend your hands, to, this is another form of worship, it's to yada, it's to extend the hand, to shoot out the hand. So, Lord Jesus, we just extend our hands to you in worship, Lord. We surrender our our lives to you. We just worship you, Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of of lords, Lord, the King of our hearts. Lord, I pray that today you be glorified, you be magnified, you be exalted, Lord, you be lifted up, Lord. I pray that you minister to your people today in. In salvation, you minister in healing. Lord, that you minister in in deliverance, Lord. That every person who came in here uh, this morning, Lord, they're not leaving the same way because they will have been touched by you. So, Lord, we just lean on you this morning. We thank you, Lord. We glorify you. We magnify you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we just look to you right now, Father. Lord Jesus, 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 we thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Come on, the Bible says we enter into his his courts with thanksgiving. Come on, we enter into his gates with praise. So right now, if we could, can we just give the Lord just a a hand clap of praise? Come on, right now, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, this, this is something supernaturally powerful about even just saying these words thank you jesus and say say, say, say thank you jesus thank you jesus, thank you, jesus. I, what, whatever put it into your words what are you thankful for you know you're saying well joe what does this have anything to do with singing songs nothing but everything because i, I really want to just invite the presence of the lord here i want us to go into the presence of the lord it says we enter into his courts with thanksgiving So, Lord, we thank you for just gathering us here today. We just come to you, Lord, humbly, honestly. Lord, surrender to you. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We magnify your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just keep thanking him for just a moment. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for 21 years of salvation. Lord, I thank you for an eternity of dwelling with you. Lord, I thank you for setting me free from the bondage of addiction and sin, Lord, and giving me life and purpose. I thank you, Lord. So I posture my heart before you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You are good, good, oh, you are good, good. good. He's good. He's good. Let the king of my heart be the wind inside my sails, the anchor in the waves. Oh, he is in my song. Let the king of my heart be the fire. Oh, good. in this house tonight or this morning yes lord come on sing this out let the king of my heart be the wind inside my sails the anchor in the ways oh he You are good, you're good. Oh, you are good, you're good. Oh, you are good, you're good. Oh, you are good, you're good. Well oh, you good, good. let's just sing that. Declaration. in the good seasons. He's good in the tough seasons. Come on. He's good every day, every moment. He'll never let us down. Cause you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. Cause you are good, you good. Oh, you are good, you good. Good. Oh, you are good. You good. Oh, you are good. You good. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus, you're good, Lord. Lord, we just look to you this morning, Lord. You're the good God, the Creator of the heavens and the earth the one who saves us the one who sets us free Lord we look to you Lord we look to you cause you give life you are love you bring light to the darkness you are hope you restore every heart that is broken and great, great are you, you lord sing great are you lord and great, great are you, you lord on, you give life you give life you are love you bring light to the darkness you give hope you restore every heart that sing this out with us. It's your breath
1: in our lungs,
0: so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you, oh. You're great, Lord. Great are you, Lord. You give life. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart. We pour out our praise to you only. And great are you, Lord. Lord, we pour out our praise to you, cause you're great. And great are you, Lord. Lord you created the heavens and the earth. And great are you. Great are you, Lord. Lord, we lift you up this morning. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, there's this powerful truth in the word that says the Lord, He dwells upon the praises of His people. Come on, He's in the room. Come on, He's healing, He's touching people when he's here, if you respond to his presence, when he responds to your needs. Lord Jesus. Lord, we come to you. Lord, we come to you. just come, Lord. Come on, would you just press in and praise? Come on, just look to Him. Just look to Him. So come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness is brought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ oh come to the altar the father's arms are open wide forgiveness was brought with the precious blood of jesus christ oh jesus you paid pre- the price for us lord Lord, we look to you, Lord, we look to you, Lord. Is all you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Come on, he's calling us out. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness is brought with the precious blood of God. Jesus Christ. leave behind your regrets and mistakes, come today, there's no reason to wait, Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrow and trade them for joy. From the ashes a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Come on, come to us. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was brought with the precious blood of jesus christ oh come to the altar the father's arms are open wide forgiveness was brought with the precious blood of jesus christ Savior Isn't he Wonderful Sing hallelujah Christ is risen Bow down before him For he is Lord Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Jesus Christ Lord we put our focus on you Jesus Christ Lord we look to you come on he's worthy he's worthy he's worthy come on how many of you know he's worthy he's worthy of our life he's worthy of our worship He's worthy of our everything, our devotion, our praise, our honor. When He is worthy, He's worthy. Lord, You're worthy. You're good. You're great. You're our Savior, Lord. Cause You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. Yes, Lord Jesus. For For from you are all things. And to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Come on, we just sing that all out? Just sing with your voice. You are worthy of it all.
1: We thank you, Lord God, that you reign supreme before time was, you were, and you ever shall be, and you are worthy of all glory, honor, majesty, power. It's all yours, and we simply lift our voices and our hands and our hearts to you today. And we sing, worthy, you're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, you're worthy, Lord. Worthy of it all, everything. For the psalmist said, let the trees of the field clap their hands. (laughs) Let the people of God shout and give praise. For whom we serve is a mighty God, an awesome God. There's none like him in all of the heavens and all of the earth. Rejoice is the word that comes to mind. Rejoice. Celebrate because of who he is. What an awesome thing. To have a relationship, personal relationship, with the living God. He's not an abstract idea or some philosophical argument. He is God. He is alive. He's real. And he's personally invested in each and every life. He has a purpose for it. God, we just praise you today. And we thank you for this privilege of coming together. Lord Jesus, we invite you into this place. We know that you enthroned yourself on the praise of your people. But Lord, Father God, we pray. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in our lives, in our hearts, and in this place today. In Jesus' name. Now, we usually take a few moments at this time of our service for a focus on prayer, a specific thing. But the thing that's been put on my heart during this Christmas season is one particular thing. And that is that God would bring a Christmas awakening into the lives of people throughout the Acadiana area. It's it's the season where people are thinking about the story. But God can go past all the the glitter and the lights and everything else. And he can turn them to the focus. And that is of a Savior who was born to redeem mankind. That God would bring an awakening in their hearts. A hunger, a thirst to desire to know what Christmas is all about about how many of you believe god can do that how many of you believe god wants to do that he wants to awaken the minds and the hearts of people as to what christmas is truly about so father we pray right now we are just agreed together you said wherever two or three agree that god it shall be done so god we just pray for a christmas awakening and the hearts and minds of the people in the acadiana area God, that's our home. That's our outreach. That's our place that we're reaching out to. And we're just praying that, God, you would begin to quicken into the minds and hearts of people. What is Christmas really about? Let them see past all the facade and the glitz and glitter and everything else, Lord, and and begin to really question what the story is about. And that, Father, you would come and reveal jesus to them holy spirit we pray work on their hearts and especially i pray for those who have tasted and known the presence of god and now find themselves away father i pray that in this christmas season quicken their hearts and pull them back in draw them back to you ever so gently lord god let the spirit of god convict their hearts and bring them to the cross once again and we pray this in the mighty name of jesus and all the people said amen amen god bless you Why don't you just turn and greet someone this morning that you haven't had a chance to say good morning to. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to just say thank you to Pastor Joe for, for leading in worship this morning. Man, I tell you what, you know who your friends are when you're in trouble, and you can call them. Uh, Friday I started uh, sounding like Darth Vader, you know, and by Saturday it was even worse. Uh, we had, That storm came through and knocked our power out over here for all night, and if you use a CPAP machine, that's not a good thing at all, and so uh, by Saturday morning I was in bad shape, and, and I was supposed to be leading worship this morning because Pastor Uh, Justin and Tracy are on a district function out of the country, and I said, don't worry, I'll grab my guitar, man, we can do this, and then I was like, yesterday, Darth Vader singing, (laughs) and you wouldn't, you didn't want to hear that, and I just didn't, so I called Pastor Joe, I said, you got somebody over there that could come help us, he said, yeah, I'll come, I said... Oh, you the pastor? And he said, "No." He said, "I'm in Dallas." He said, "I'm headed home anyway." I got someone filling in in my church. I come do it to be fun. And uh, so, uh, man, Joe, I just appreciate you so much, brother. You're my you're my friend. And boy, when you started singing that song about it's your breath in my lungs, I just sat there and just I quit singing, trying to sing. And they just kept breathing in and out about six times. And all of a sudden, I began to just feel a touch in my body. And um, I did. And, um, and, and I said, man, Darth Vader's gone. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Well, amen. It's so good to have you here this morning. Just to remind you, just in a couple of weeks, there is a sign-up sheet. People have been asking. There's a sign-up sheet out in the lobby for our, our Christmas program on the 17th uh, the children, that the children's ministry puts on. And people have been asking, is there going to be gumbo? Well, there's always gumbo after the Christmas production. I mean, right? If, if we didn't have gumbo, somebody would hang me probably, you know, or run me out of town. And so, um, uh, but sign up to give us an idea of how many people will be staying and uh, if you'll be staying afterwards, and look that's the best time to invite someone to come to church is because they they love children's stuff, you know, and then you mentioned there's a free gumbo meal afterwards i mean that's like a that's like a triple hook you know on to you know when you go fishing, man, a treble hook man you got that person they're going to come you know so um and a lot of times we don't have folks here because it's the few days before Christmas, but this is actually over a week before Christmas. So invite them to come on the, that Sunday in just two weeks, and and we'll just have a great time of fellowship in the Lord. Amen. I want to read from Luke's Gospel, um, chapter 2, and uh, through uh, chap- uh, verse seven, uh, verses 1 through 7. It says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. We skip to verse 3. And it says, And everyone went to his town, his own town, to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And he went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. The message this morning is simply a gift, gift worth waiting. Um, we have an incredible God who watches over us. Um, it 's just i I had a this came about by a conversation with my um, siblings and um uh, we we send each other different things all all every every day you know on messenger and um but my brother uh, is in business in Crossville, Tennessee. He came to work for me out of high school and he owns his own Auto repair place there, and and got another. He's counting down the a little over a year before he can retire and just work because he wants to work, not because he has to, you know. And um, but uh, we were talking about. I was talking about the the fact that I was looking for a package that had arrived in Lafayette three days before, and for the next three days it said out for delivery, and yet it never moved. And so uh, they began relating stories. Um, I have a sister and brother-in-law in Macon, Georgia, who watch every Sunday from their, from their place. And they have the largest Raggedy Ann and Andy website in the world. And they ship stuff everywhere. And so she started telling the stories. But then my, my youngest brother, uh, Ron, um, who lives in Tennessee, he, he talked about a package that had been shipped to him and it started off, I had it all listed here and I've deleted it, but it started off like in uh, Utah and then went to Wyoming and then it went to Colorado and then it went to like Denver and then it went back to another place in Colorado and then it went to Nashville and then it went to Kentucky and then it went back over to like Utah and then it went back to Nashville and it eventually got to him in Crossville, Tennessee, which is about 70 miles north, straight north of Chattanooga. He said it only took two weeks, but he made the comment. He said, um, "He said if you would like to see the USA, just package yourself in a box, put a couple of air holes in there, and, and uh, he said, and take it, get someone to deliver yourself to the post office, and then he put and asked for a window seat. And he said, "Because you're going to see the whole country and waiting for that gift to arrive." And I think since the online of uh, uh, or, or the beginning of online uh, purchasing, well, there was always online before. But for the younger people, you don't know this. They used to have a thing called the Sears Wish Book, and you, and 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 that was like like you know that was like Christmas come early, you know. But uh, we don't even have Sears anymore, so, I mean, you know, the wish book is gone. But since the advent of online buying and everything, how many of you have ever been, found yourself waiting for a package that was supposed to have been delivered and didn't get delivered, right? Yeah, look, I'm telling you, it, it's frustrating at times, isn't it? I mean, it really is. Um, but we have, we have an awesome God. We have an incredible God. And, and the thing about God is that Christmas is really about God's sovereign timing in our lives. Now, last week I talked about Christmas as, as a sign. Because the Bible, the, the angels came to the shepherds and said, This shall be a sign unto you. Uh, when when Zechariah was in the temple, he said, This will be a sign unto you. Christmas is a sign, but Christmas is also about God's sovereign timing in our lives. How many of you know timing is everything? Have you ever had a good idea at the wrong time? How many of you have ever had a bad idea? Yeah, a bad idea at any time is just a bad idea, right? You can't justify that, but um, we have an incredible God who watches over us, and when we Look at the daily interaction of what God is doing in our lives when it comes to Mary. I was reading this story about mary they, they were here comes a time for a census of all times for a census, and it means that they had to tra- they had to go back to his home town where he would he be registered and his life would be there and and she 's ready to be to give birth and and, and I, I don't know about you, but I've just seen things happen in the Christmas season where the timing wasn't good. Come on now. I mean, it, it, I've just, I've just, I can't tell you how many times I've seen something like that happen. But I thought about Mary. I thought about, you know, here comes this requirement that they got to travel. And, and I'm thinking about poor Mary, Joseph, and I I mean, I'm thinking about him too because he's got to probably listen to her as to why this isn't a good time. No, you know I'm playing with you. But maybe here's some reasons why God's timing didn't seem right from her vantage point. The marriage was not yet consummated, they were engaged to be married, and yet here she is. She's about to give birth to a child, and she's not even going to be in her own home. She's going to be among strangers. The facilities are certainly lacking amenities because we've been told there's no room at an inn. It's a strange town. That means strange people, strange places. She's probably maybe never even been there before. Um, And and there's no housing available. And we would look at that from the outside and say, that's not God. I remember when my wife and I received a call um, back in 1983 about coming on staff at a church in Thibodeau, Louisiana. We tried to find it on a map. We couldn't find it because we were looking for a town, and we thought Thibodeau, how you spell that. You know, when I would always ask my mom how you spell something, she'd say, sound it out. You know, go find it. I, she said, look it up in the dictionary. Sound it out. And I said, if I knew how to spell it, I wouldn't need the dictionary. Sound it out. So my wife and I got a map out, and we're looking for Tibido, T-I-B-I-D-O, Thibodeau. And we, could, we had to call and find out where it was. And, and honestly, I, I didn't want to come. I'd, I'd been hurt. And I'd been burned in, in ministry before. And I was, I was and, and my wife and I were both of us, we were not for this, but we were kind of getting nudged that way. And we started off heading that way. To, and we, we got down the road, not 50, 60 miles. And my engine seized up in my car. And I said, See, God didn't want us to go. So I had to call my parents. And my stepdad and get him out of bed and him drive down there and pick us up. And, and uh, they said, well, just take our car, our old car. And um, I said, no, I don't think God's in this. And, and she said, well, you've already committed to go. You need to go. See, if we go by outward circumstances, sometimes the timing doesn't look right. But sometimes God's in it. Can I tell you? We borrowed it, that old Toyota, man. We were headed down the road, and, and, and it's, it's, it's August. It's hot. AC went out on their car. Now we got the windows rolled down, and we're near New Orleans, and the lining of the roof inside the vehicle comes off right over my eyes, I can't even see. And I'm like, you know, so I had to stop and buy a stapler and put like 14,000 staples in the ceiling, you know, to hold it up. And I said, this is clear to me. This is not God. I'm here. (laughs) See, we can't go by circumstances on the outside. We can't judge it all the outside. If you would asked Mary about God's timing for the birth of, of this boy, she would have said it's not good. It's not good. And and here, here's the thing that I here's the thing is in, in the short term, God's timing often looks bad. But from God's point of view, He sees every aspect of our lives. In, Can you skip past that for me and go to that key point? I want to skip past something. God's timing sometimes seems to look awfully bad. But here's the key. He knows. Say that to your neighbor. He knows. He knows all the events of our lives are working together. He's working them together. To bring about a divine purpose. Romans 8:28. What does it say? Romans 8:28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him and who are called according to His purpose. So when we look at the bigger picture, we have to understand, we're, we're sometimes like the kid who's, who's trying to watch a parade through the knothole in a fence. And all we can see is what's passing us at that moment. But God is looking from his vantage point, And he sees the beginning, the middle, and the end. And he's working all those things. And I'm saying that God, Christmas, is God working out the timing of events in our lives. It's a reminder to that event. Let me just show you this. In, in the light of prophecy... Um, the timing was perfect. In the light of prophecy, the timing was perfect. We talked about this a little bit last week. But the Bible says in the Old Testament, the, the prophecies about the Messiah that was going to come, we were told that he would come from the house of David, we were told that he would come and emerge victorious. We were told that he would come from the nation of Israel. We were told that he would, uh, would be born of a virgin. We were told that he'd be born in Bethlehem. We were told all hundreds of prophecies. And in the light of, of prophecy, God's timing was perfect. There were, there were five conditions um, concerning why this timing for the birth of Jesus was just perfect. Five conditions. I want to show them to you real quick. The first one deals with the spreading out of the Jewish people throughout the Mediterranean basin. This is the kind of a historical, history kind of thing. I'm not going to go into detail, but, but at the time of the birth of Jesus, Jewish people were already scattered throughout the whole Roman Empire. And it was only later that Christ, after Christ had ascended to heaven, that in the great commission had been given, that the seed was being sown, the word was going out, that Jesus Christ was actually the Jewish Messiah. Again, the Jewish people had been scattered throughout the Roman Empire at that time. And that if the Jews had not been dispersed, but the Jews had been just in the locale of Israel as we know it, then that message would have never gone out, would never have left the boundaries. It would never have done that. It would have stayed right there where they were. But because there were Jews scattered around the world, there were those who knew that they needed to hear Messiah was found in Jesus Christ. So that was perfect timing. The second thing is, there was a favorable legal environment during the birth of Jesus. You say, what are you talking about? Rome was ruling. It was. It was it, but Rome had conquered the then known world. And Rome was very tolerant of all the differences of nations that they had conquered. But there was one rule that they required of every nation that they conquered. And that was that they had to confessed that Caesar was God. And they imposed that on every religious sect found throughout the empire except the Jews. Except the Jews. For the first 70 years after the birth of Jesus Christ, in fact, history shows that Rome put all the Jews and Christians together and and, and so Christians were also exempt from this rule. And and so the word spread for more than 70 years. It wasn't until after about 70 years, that history shows, that Rome figured out that Christianity and Judaism were not the same, but that by then it was too late. Christianity had already taken root, and there was no way they were going to stop the spreading of the gospel. The timing was right in the legal realm for the birth of Christ. The third thing is, there was a favorable political climate, and you're thinking, what are you talking about? Well, when Augustus Caesar took power about twenty five years prior to Jesus being born, peace broke out you know for almost two centuries. There were skirmishes here and there, but there was no empire against empire. Ruling Rome was the world. And so because of peace, they weren't putting all their energy and money into armaments and armies and everything else. In fact, what they did is they began to build roads. They connected trade routes over land, making travel easier. And so the climate was perfect for those to go from town to town and place to place to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the masses of people. The fourth reason is there was a favorable cultural climate. What do you mean by that, Pastor Bob? Well, within the empire, there was one basic language. There were many languages, but here's the thing. Because of Alexander the Great, when he had conquered the world, everybody spoke the common Greek language. I mean, it, in, in the times of Christ, yes, Hebrew was spoke, but Aramaic was, was was common. Everybody knew it throughout the empire. And so every book and every letter that Paul wrote was in the everyday language of the people. And everyone could hear the, the message of Christ and was able to respond to it. So... The timing was perfect. And then there was one other thing. There was a favorable philosophical environment. What am I talking about? Well, we know, we've heard about the Greeks being philosophers, but Rome had their philosophers too. And in fact, during the Greek empire and then the Roman empire, they will tell you, history will record and tell you that those philosophers Raised more questions than answers, and Christianity became a cleansing f- breath of fresh air because it gave solid answers. It wasn't mystical or, or wanderings or wonderings or or, or, or or you know what ifs or anything like that. In fact, it's been said that philosophers of that day plowed the fields but did not sow the seed. And then Christianity comes in God's perfect time. And it sowed the seed of God's wonderful message in the cultivated, fertile, plowed minds of the world. See, Christmas is a reminder that God does everything in his time. It's about these little coincidences. I don't believe in coincidence, you may, but I don't. But I'm using that term because it's what people would consider a coincidence. Was it a coincidence that the census was given by Rome that affected every person that caused Joseph to return to his hometown? Was it a coincidence? That when they got there, there was no room in the inn? No, because everybody was doing the same thing as they were. Was it a coincidence that it was also the time that Jesus, that Mary was about to give birth? No, because the prophecies foretold where he would be born. Those are not coincidences. I don't believe that they are. But history is filled with things like small coincidences that were actually god's leading i think back to my history and i remember certain ones for example christopher columbus you may have never heard this story but it's recorded in history that he was discouraged he had been trying to find a way to finance a trip to the new to the world to the to the Orient to, to find a way to get there and had been turned down and he was discouraged and one day he was walking by an old monastery and he went inside to get a drink of water and to rest and while he was there an old monk came by and listened to his dream of traveling and discovering a new trade route and Christopher Columbus left not knowing that the monk was a personal friend Of Queen Isabella and it was he who persuaded Queen Isabella to finance the expedition for Christopher Columbus and the discovery of America started with a drink of water in a monastery Abraham Lincoln probably one of the most famous men in America He was out rummaging through some old containers one day and in an old barrel he found some old books and when he pulled them out they were a copy of Blackstone's commentaries. You may not be familiar with them but they were commentaries about the law and what's right and justice and things like that. it was after he read those books that he said something was birthed in him to become a lawyer. And it totally changed his direction for his life. And we know the rest of the story. But it all started with the rummaging through an old barrel. Coincidence? No, God's timing. George Whitfield. Many of you may not know who George Whitfield was? He was instrumental in preaching the gospel with in England, and then eventually in the Americas. In the middle of the 1700s, the Bible says uh, that history says that he preached over 18,000 times, and we're not talking about in air-conditioned auditoriums with. Sound systems and everything else. And they said there would be sometimes 40 to 50,000 people gathered. He said he was short in stature, but he had a booming voice. And when he spoke, people were caught. But George Oatfield was a bartender in England. And he couldn't get along with his brother's wife, and he owned the bar. That's not good. The guy that is your brother, he owns the bar, and you can't get along with his wife, but that's where you work. And so, out of his experience, he turned to God. And he ended up going to Oxford, and he became a part of what was called the Holy Club with John Wesley, Charles Wesley, and others, and were instrumental in turning England towards God, and eventually came to the American colonies and preached all the way from upper New York all the way to Charleston, South Carolina, preaching, and thousands and thousands and thousands came to know Christ. Coincidence? No. God's timing. We could go around this room, I'm assured of it. We could go around this room and we could come across one coincidence after another, after another, that led you to this place, that led you to the cross, led you to Christ. Someone, somewhere said something that stirred something that God used to awaken our hearts. Every detail of your life, God knows. Every detail. And God set in order everything, and he set a time for everything when he created the heavens and the earth. And he, above all, understands the necessity of proper timing. I thought I'd bore you with a lot of science, but I'm not going to do that this morning. But I've heard him talk. If the the earth's axis was off one degree or if it was spinning just a few miles faster or slower, God knows all about it. And Christmas is a reminder that God does everything in his time. See, I want you to think about the Christmas story, but have an application that's beyond just the, the, what seems like the natural, God's time. When I first started Bible college, I remember reading through the scriptures and I would read in due season, in due time, in due season, in due time, And I remember asking a professor, why does that always say in due season? He said, because that means in God's time. In God's time. Galatians talks about that. That that the, the law pointed us to the need for a savior. And then Christ came. The birth of Christ came at the fulfillment of God's time. We wonder sometimes, what what's taking so long, God, for you to answer my prayer? What's taking so long? And God's saying, I, I have a time. I have the season. There are things that I need to put in order to make it right. And if Christmas should be anything, I know that Christmas can be a very, season can be a very hectic time. Schedules for this, and practice for this, and parties for this, and meetings for this and traveling for this and whatever. Let's not lose sight of the fact that Christmas is about God's timing. God's timing. My daughter called me the other day and I can't remember the whole story so I won't even try because she'll correct me when she gets back. But she talked about how God opened the door with someone who is was bringing a delivery to her house from one of the big stores. And the device showed delivered, but it wasn't there. So she made the phone call because, it was, you know, electronic device, if it's delivered and it's not on your porch and the picture you see is not your porch, somebody's got your device she called the person and the person was so apologetic and was so upset and, and they said I'll go get another one I'll pay for it out of my pocket and they said no let's figure this out let's figure it out and I won't go through all the details of it but she realized she said at that moment I realized this was not an accident God has a purpose in this and so when the lady came back She said, we're going to help you go look for it. They went up and down the streets around her house. And she said, I have no idea which house it was. There's nothing I can figure. I can't figure it out. She says, you don't understand. I have made 80 deliveries today of groceries, of housewares, electronics. She said, just don't call my boss. I can't lose this job. And my daughter was wise enough to recognize this was a God appointment. And she said, we're not going to call and you're not going to pay for it. God's going to find it. We're going to find it. Let's pray together. And they prayed. They went back out looking again, and they just said, nothing looks right. Look, I'm just going to go buy you one. And then they were going by, and I think it was my son-in-law, Justin. I don't remember who it was. Don't don't quote me. <laughs> but they looked up as they were going by the road, and they said, whoa, stop. That's the carport in the picture. So they're going to knock on the door, and a guy opens the door, and he says, you looking for something?" <laughs> and yes, she said, "Yes, here's a picture." He said, "Well, I knew it wasn't mine." They got that, gave it to him, and that lady just broke down big old crocodile tears crying, and was so thankful, and they again were able to pray with her. See so we have to remember that these Inconveniences and things that happen are not always just bad timing. God's in it. This morning, my son, I came over here and, and went back to my house, and five minutes later, my grandson's banging on the front door. I said, Poppy, there's a man across the street has got a blown tire, and he needs a jack. And my first thought was, I don't have time for this. So I came over to see what the issue was. I felt the Holy Spirit saying, go show him love. Go show him what Christmas is about. We were eventually able to help him after an hour, trying to find a jack to get his truck up, get the tire off. And then he said, God bless you. And I said, yes, sir, he does. But I want to pray for you. We have to recognize those inconveniences as maybe God's timing in our life. See, in the light of prophecy, the timing was perfect for the birth of Jesus. In the light of history, the timing was perfect for the birth of Jesus. And actually, in the light of the opportunity today, the timing is perfect once again. Christmas is a specific time On our calendar, it's a specific date. Christmas Day will come and go, for there's an appointed time for it. Today will come and go, because there's an appointed time. And while it is true there are some things worth waiting for, it is also true that there are other times when we must seize the moment. For it will pass, and it has an appointed time i'm always reminded of the quote by leonard ravenhill it says the opportunity of a lifetime needs to be seized during the lifetime of the opportunity because when it's past it's past the other day i received a, by email i received a really great coupon that was going to give me 50% off of something that I'd been looking at, Brother Joe. And I clicked on the link, and I went to it, and it says, this offer has expired. I, and I said, you just sent it to me an hour ago. But the link had already expired on that item. I didn't know if that was on purpose, trying to get me to buy something else, or if it had really expired The point is, though, the time for it, to get that deal, was gone. And Jesus is the reason for the season of Christmas. And the opportunity to receive him into our life, into your life, is now. That gift worth waiting for is here right now. This is the time to surrender our lives to Christ. You may be born again by the Spirit and, and Christ is your Savior. That's great. But there may be someone here, you don't have a personal relationship with God. You've been putting it off. You've been ignoring that little pull on the inside, that little tap on the shoulder. is saying, Don't you want a change in your life? Don't you want purpose for your life? God has purpose for you. You were created with a divine DNA, a purpose for God to fulfill, but it can only happen through a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. And he was God's gift to the world. He is still God's gift to the world but the time comes when you have to receive you know if i were to sit there and hold a hundred dollar bill right now and say who wants this i bet there'd be a bunch of hands go up but the only one's going to get it and it's the one who takes it reaches out to receive it I'm not going to come up and force it on you. Take it, take it, take it. You've got to receive it. God's not going to force his son on you. But he's saying, are you ready to receive? Are you ready to receive? I want us to pray right now. I want you to stop and think where you are with the the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you have a personal relationship with him? What is the Christmas season about to you? Is it about presents and gifts and parties and having fun? Or is it a reminder that God's timing is perfect in your life? If not, the time is now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. The Bible says you must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You must believe that he was born of a virgin, that he lived a sinless life. He died on a cross, was put in a tomb, and on the third day he was raised from the dead. He's ascended into heaven, and he's coming back soon. The Bible says you must believe those things in your heart, but you must openly confess them with your mouth, and you must repent of your sins. Repent does not mean be sorry for them, Repentance means that you understand that your sins separate you from God. But that Christ can wash away those sins so that there is no separation and you can have a relationship with the living God. And if you believe those things and you're ready to confess those things and you're ready to turn to Christ and surrender your life to Him. Then I want to pray with you. I'm not here to embarrass anyone. I'm just going to simply ask, right where you're at. If if you want to receive Christ into your life, you're ready to surrender and give Him full control. I want you just slip up your hand right now and let me pray with you. I mean, just pray with you right now. I don't know everybody here, so I'm going to give you an opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand back down. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Lord, I thank you for that one hand. I thank you right now. We're simply going to pray a simple prayer, and I want you just to repeat it with me. Right where you're at. There's nothing magical, mystical, supernatural about the words. From the heart is what God hears. I remember where I was, February 28, 1970, two o'clock in the morning in the front seat, passenger side of a 1968 Colony Park station wagon, dark green with brown wood paneling on the side. And my prayer was, God, I'm tired of being a phony. I'm tired of living this way. If you can do anything with me, I'm yours. Doesn't sound like a Bible prayer, but God came down changed my life so we're going to pray would you pray with me right now dear God in heaven I come to you this day and I recognize I am in need of a savior dear Jesus I believe what the word of God says concerning you You are born into this world. You lived a life without sin. You died on the cross. And you've been raised again. I ask you to come into my life. I surrender all to you this day. This Christmas season. You are my Lord and my Savior. The gift above all gifts is now mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, Holy Spirit, I just pray for this individual who was bold enough to raise their hand and to pray that right now you help them understand that every sin that's ever been committed in their life has been completely eradicated completely removed completely washed away and that the bible says that they have been transferred their citizenship was taken out of the kingdom of darkness and moved into the kingdom of his eternal son. Because of Christmas, there's a new life been born, a new life today. We've been born again by the spirit of God. And the Bible says there's rejoicing in the very presence of the angels. There's rejoicing in the presence of God in heaven. And there's rejoicing this day at Life Church for the one who has come to you. We praise you this day, Lord God, and we thank you. Can we give them praise right now? This is what Christmas is about. It's finding Jesus. Finding Jesus and beginning a new relationship, a new life and having one. The Bible says that when we come to Christ, the Holy Spirit now dwells in us, and he leads us and guides us and teaches us in all truth concerning Christ. Here's the thing. You're not alone. The Holy Spirit is with you. The Lord Jesus is inside of you. And the church stands with you. That's what Christmas is all about. God's timing this day was the timing for this life and Lord I praise you for that I praise you for that I praise you for that right now in Jesus name I give you glory amen how many of you are in need of a touch in your body right now would you If you're in need, if you're able to stand right where you're at, why don't you just get a stand? We want to pray for you. Here's a number. We have a number of people who are out sick. I know that. But I want you to look around, church. If you see someone standing nearby, you either stretch your hands towards them. Just stretch your hands towards them right now. And the Bible says that if we agree together concerning anything, well, how many of you know that Jesus took the stripes upon his back that we might be healed spiritually, physically, mentally, in every way? So we pray right now, Father. We come against sickness and disease. These who are standing have said they need a touch in their physical body. And we pray right now, Father, we come against sickness. We come against infirmity. We come against affliction. We come against disease. We come against it in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the breath of God to breathe upon them now. The fire of the Lord to rest upon them, cleanse their body, purge out the sickness. And let healing and health come to them right now, even as we pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's just stand together. Let's just give him praise. Take a moment to just give him thanks and give him praise. Father, I thank you this day was not an accident. It's not unplanned. But according to your timing, All things have worked together as they have this day. We thank you, Father, for bringing the pieces of the puzzle together. So oftentimes what we see in our own lives is like trying to put a puzzle together without the boundaries. But God, you see it all, and you are pulling it together, and you are making it whole, and you are making it one. And we give you praise for that. Father, I pray that as the Christmas season progresses, each and every moment of every day, that we would be keenly in tune with the Spirit of God, that the people that we come across, the people that we interact with, Father, they may say something, they may do something, that all suddenly you quicken in our hearts that this is a divine appointment, a divine moment, that, God, you have placed us there for a specific reason, whether it's just to speak a word of encouragement or to pray with them or to do whatever the Spirit of the Lord says. God, we thank you for those divine appointments. God, let us not miss them, but let us seize those moments of opportunity for when it's gone, it's gone. Now, I release these people, all your people, Lord, with the blessing of the Lord upon them. Let the peace of God rule their hearts, guide every step. Father, I pray for those who are in need of resources, jobs, businesses, Lord. I pray that you would move and open doors and opportunities for them, that, God, that they might bless the kingdom and bless their families and provide. You provide for your children Therefore, God, I thank you that you have doors that are beginning to open already. And we will hear the testimonies in the the very near future, Lord. We thank you for it. Now bless them as they leave. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Shake someone's hand or hug them. Wave at them, whatever. God bless you.